Welcome to episode 45 of the practice of nonprofit leadership. I am Nathan Ruby and my co-host Tim Barnes is off doing what he does best, changing the lives of some of the most vulnerable people on the planet. So he will be back with us next week. So now I'm a little nervous because Tim is the smart one in this podcast and he handles all of the hard stuff. But before he left, he did show me what buttons to push and what buttons I was not supposed to push. So I think we're going to, I think we're going to be okay. I think I can get through this all by myself. Well, I hope you had a chance to check out our latest episode and Tim and I gave some of our tips, hacks, and thoughts on working remotely and working while mobile because working remotely and working mobile are two different things. And yeah, it's common knowledge, everybody knows this, that the workplace has dramatically changed over the last two to three years, but that doesn't mean it's easy to navigate. So hopefully you found some good, uh, some good tips in uh, last week's episode. Today, I want to share some thoughts about who you, as an executive director, are responsible to. As an executive director, you have people that you are responsible for, such as staff and contractors and vendors, and you have people you report to, and that's called the board of directors. But you also have groups of people that you are responsible to. And it's important to know who you are responsible to because the decisions you make as a leader impacts their lives and the lives of their families. So here we go. Three groups of people you are responsible to. All right. Number one, the first you are responsible to the people you serve, your end user. Okay. Well, that's kind of obvious. You know, we all know that, that we are responsible to the people we serve. However, it is easy, at least it is for me, to sometimes lose track of the end user because of all the things I have to do as an executive director. Meetings, agendas, the budget, fixing overflowing toilets, all the things that you have to do as a small to medium-sized nonprofit leader. But this is important to remember because the people you serve are often the entire reason you got into nonprofit work in the first place. If you've listened to a few of our episodes, and I highly recommend that you do, you'll already know that my nonprofit path came up through the fundraising side of the equation. Earlier in my career, I was only focused on one thing, raising money. To be honest, I really didn't care what the program side of the organization was doing. It really didn't impact me. I was, however, intensely concerned with how our programs changed the lives of the people we served. That's why I was asking people for money. That's why I took the fundraising job in the first place, to change lives. Now, as an executive director, I have to focus on fundraising and how the programs actually work. But my focus on the people we serve has never changed. You are responsible to the people you serve. Okay, number two, you are responsible to your staff and your volunteers. So let's break staff and volunteers into, into two separate. First off, your staff count on you, not only to lead the organization and to make a positive impact in the world, but they count on you in more visceral ways. Most importantly, well, I don't know, most importantly, 
I don't know if that's fair or not, but let's just say number one for staff is their income. This is how they're feeding their family. And even if they're part-time staff, it is still a part of how their household runs from a money standpoint. And I know it's common for nonprofit workers to say, well, I'm not in this, in this for the money. And, and that's true because nobody's getting rich, nobody's getting rich working in a small to medium nonprofit. We, we all know that. But that said, from your standpoint as the executive director, their income has to be intensely important to you because it is important to them, especially when it comes for them paying their household bills. So income. Second is to feel valued. Nonprofit work is different. It just, it just is. We are not on Wall Street. You know, we're not working in some big 50th floor of some big bank in, in Wall Street in downtown New York. And we're, and we're not in some other cutthroat business. There is an expectation that working in the nonprofit sector brings a sense of, of teamwork and, and collaboration. And your staff want to feel that they are an important part of that team. And that culture starts with the executive director. It starts with you. Okay. So income, feel valued. And the third thing for staff is they just, they want to feel part of something bigger than they are to get meaning out of their life. That is larger and more important than just their life as an individual. They want to be part of something bigger. Okay. Volunteers. Okay, well, with volunteers, we don't have to worry about the income side because they're volunteers. They don't get paid. But the other two, the the uh, being part of something bigger than themselves and to feel valued, those are absolutely a component of, of volunteers and probably even more so than on the staff side. Uh, several years ago, I was leading an organization and I had a volunteer who was the picture perfect volunteer. If I asked her to host a fundraising evening at her home, the answer was yes. If I needed her to come in and stuff envelopes, the answer was yes. Whatever I asked her to do, she did with a smile on her face and she loved it. She loved being part of the organization's vision and mission. Plus, I think it was a big part of her social life, to be honest. Uh, as a leader, my decisions impacted her. My decisions impacted her experience when she came in to volunteer. Uh, now, she passed away several years ago, and that was a sad day. But, you know, I still think about her. And right now, as I'm talking about her, I can still picture her face. Your staff and volunteers count on you for paychecks and the intrinsic benefits of working for nonprofits. Okay, number three, donors. You know, it wouldn't be a podcast for me without talking about donors, right? So in the 1970s, uh, economist Milton Friedman introduced a theory which he called the Friedman Doctrine. The social responsibility of businesses is to increase its profits. So that was that was his doctrine. And in it, he argued that a company had no social responsibility to the public or society at all. A company, a corporation. So this is a publicly owned corporation that had shareholders, stockholders. Its only responsibility was to its shareholders. 
And he justified this by by saying that the executives who run the organization, so the CEO or the executive director, whatever the title is, and all of the VPs and all of those folks up in the leadership of that organization, they it's hard when you have to answer to multiple different people. It's very difficult to do your job. And so what what Friedman was saying is as the executives their only responsibility is to the shareholders, the stockholders of the company. And what is what is a shareholder? What does a stockholder want? Well, they want more revenue. They want more profit. They want their shares to be worth more today than they were yesterday. So that's what the that's what the Friedman doctrine was: is that the leadership of a company, their only responsibility is to make money. Basically, that's what he was saying. And that theory was really popular in the 1980s and 90s and up through the 2000s uh, until, uh, you know, Enron happened and then the 2008 financial crisis happened. And that kind of proved that maybe Friedman's doctrine was not the right, totally accurate. So am I telling you to focus 100% on your donors when you make decisions? No, of course not. Focusing only on your donors will set you up for ineffective programming and a whipsaw effect. You'll go one direction for a while and then change course when the next round of funding comes in and then change again and then again. And you can't run an organization like that. What I am telling you is that your donors fuel your nonprofit's economic engine. You can either have old sludgy fuel that gunks up your engine and you limp along on the side of the road, or you can put jet fuel into, into that tank. So you've got to be paying attention to your donors. What are they, what are they excited about? What is it about your, your program and your organization that they get excited about? So again, you cannot focus solely on donors. But you, when you're making decisions, you've got to be including them in that process as one of the groups you're focused on. So, okay. So what's the point? All right. Well, here's the point. As a nonprofit executive director, your decisions impact people's lives. And that is the joy. And also, to be honest, the burden of leadership. Your choices impact tens, hundreds, even thousands of people. Many of these people that you impact, you will never even know. You need to keep in mind how your decisions impact these groups. Does it make your decision making easier? (laughs) No. (laughs) In fact, it complicates it because often what's best for one group is not what's best for the others. However, there is good news. And the good news is as you practice this and you get better at thinking about these groups while you're making decisions, well, before you know it, you'll be an expert at navigating the wants and needs of those who you are responsible to. Well, thanks for listening today. Uh, Tim and I would really appreciate hearing from you. Um, just go to nonprofitleader.online and select contact. Leave us a message. What's bothering you? What's keeping you up at night? Send us an email and we'd be happy to talk it through with you. I don't know if we can solve the problem or not, but at least we'll have an enjoyable time talking with each other. So thanks for listening today. And that's all for today. Until next time.